1: And this morning, Dick Gabriel sitting in for the voice of the Wildcats. He's taking a few well-deserved days off, and he will enjoy watching the NC tournament, but, of course, in a normal year. Tom would be very busy uh, right about now and would be in a non-COVID year at the site where the Wildcats would be playing, either traveling or at the game site, because tournament action starts today. And the Cats, as you know, aren't part of it, What they are part of is a rebuilding effort that is already underway, and we're going to talk about that today with Mike Pratt, with Justin Rowland, and we'll shift over and talk some football with Jeff Pecoros. We've got a loaded show today here on the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, which for our purposes this morning is my studio slash garage in my home. And if you listen to my show in Lexington uh, each night, You know, that's where we've been since this mess began. The reason I'm in the garage, that's where the modem is. That's where the Internet hub is in my house. So I don't have a cable long enough to run around the corner or up the steps or whatever. But that's fine. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're peaceful out here. And when it's a nice day, we open the garage door. It's an open air studio, but not today. I don't know where you are, but right now here in Lexington, it is overcast and rainy and nasty, and there's more on the way. But we knew that, and then we were ready for it. So time to take a peek at the Wildcat news of the day. And these are stories, of course, you can find on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. And the news that swept through the Big Blue Nation last night was the announcement and the confirmation from UK Isaiah Jackson announcing on Twitter that, and I'm sure other social platforms, that he is indeed going to test the waters. The verbiage in the past was, I'm going to declare for the draft. But thankfully, in this day and age, players can stick their toe in the water, talk to people, have a John Calipari talk to people. And if they don't like what they hear, and if they believe what they hear, They'll either make the move or come back. Imagine Isaiah Jackson back at Kentucky next year. As good as he was, he was not Anthony Davis, but it reminded me of the way Anthony Davis developed at Kentucky. Clearly, Davis was surrounded by better talent. There's no question about that. But if you recall, Anthony Davis was not a threat offensively at the beginning of the year. But we saw enough of him in defense blocking shots that every time he blocked a shot whoever was sitting next to you you looked at that person and said that guy's going to be really good on defense. And you knew his offense would come. That's what happened with Jackson. Now it was a different scenario. I mean Calipari kept moving people around and plugging people in and and they knew Jackson was going to be effective but he had to stay out of foul trouble which he never mastered. But Imagine him coming back next year. And he said, Kyle Tucker of The Athletic uh, is reporting on social media that one of his sources said, Isaiah wants to be a draft, a, 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 a um, what am I looking for, a lottery pick. And who wouldn't? I'd love to. But if he's not, even if he's late first round, he'll come back. Wouldn't you love to believe that? I'd love to believe it. I have no reason to disbelieve it. So that was the biggest news of the day for the Big Blue Nation late yesterday. I believe that hit the, uh, what we used to call the wires, but that hit social media right about 7 p.m., unless that's just when it hit mine. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Volleyball Wildcats are getting ready for a huge match coming up tomorrow at 1 o'clock. They are ranked third in the country. They will take on seventh-ranked Florida. That one is happening in Gainesville. Kentucky. The SEC, i have to be perfectly honest, not great this year. Some years it's been really good. Other years, not so much. It's really top-heavy this year. Kentucky, Florida, and Missouri. Missouri is in the rearview mirror for the Wildcats. They beat them back in the fall. So they got that out of the way. And in one of those sets, Missouri took Kentucky to 35 to 33. You got to win by 2. First to 25, win by 2. They played to 35 to 33. That was the toughest set of the year for the Wildcats. They've only lost four sets. They are undefeated. So it's a big one tomorrow in Gainesville, Ryan Howard's first-team All-American again. That's the second year in a row that she has been named a first-teamer. And her team, her basketball Wildcats, open up this weekend. We'll talk more about that as well a little bit later on. We'll take a break. Coming up, Mike Pratt, Tom's running mate on UK Broadcast. You're listening to The Leach Report.
0: This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter, at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom.
1: Dick Aberlin for the voice of the Wildcats on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. And let us go to the phone lines where we find Mr. Mike Pratt on the Kentucky Hemp Works hotline, that is. And, uh, Coach, good morning. I know you'd much rather be anywhere else preparing for an NCAA tournament uh, rather than talking to me, but that's where we are this morning. It's weird, isn't it?
2: It is really weird, Gabe, and good morning to you. Uh, I wish we were someplace like Indianapolis, for example. Yeah,
1: yeah that would <laughs> be nice. Um, but, yeah, you know, you got to nice. deal with the cards yeah. the way they're dealt. Have you, uh, have you shared with Tom yet or with anybody your Final Four?
2: No, I haven't. I, I haven't yet. Um, I'm looking at it right here. Should we break the news now?
1: Yeah, give me your final four.
2: I got uh, the Zags, Alabama. I'm going to go with a uh, upset. Illinois and Baylor.
1: That's strong. That's
2: really yeah, strong. Really a lot of chalk. A lot of chalk, game.
1: But you know what? It's been chalkier quite a bit through the last few years, hasn't it? Which tells me the, the committee is doing a much better job.
2: Or, or the gap between the top teams and everybody else is growing. And why is yeah. it growing? I, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, teams that have the most veteran players. We talk mm-hmm. about guards, and they're important. They are, they're really important. But, I mean, that, you can't... You, it's hard to play in this day and age unless you have some experience on your side. and I think Askew did a great job of that this year. You know, I, I think Keon Brooks... Starts the season with the cats, gets his leadership going and his experience going. Might have been a different, might have been off to a different start than one yeah. six game.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. No question about that. You know, and you mix in obviously the fact that Terrence Clark was one of, if not the most heralded recruit, and he and Keon Brooks played exactly one game together. So you know, we don't want to rehash all that, but what we do want to talk about, Mike, off the top. Is the fact that Isaiah Jackson made the announcement that everybody expected yesterday? But how surprised were you when he said, "I'm not hiring an agent," and left the door open to coming back?
2: Well, I was uh, I was surprised, but I think that's a shrewd move because uh, for for a month, Gabe, uh, my NBA guys have have kind of plugged him in now to twenty to thirties, eighteen to thirty somewhere in there, and I think. And, I, and I've I've been saying that, and I believe it, my guys. Of course, as they tell me now, you know, NBA is a crazy place. You never know. There's been a lot of wild picks, and and uh, and I think that he's got some questions that uh, the NBA people are going to be able to answer for him and put some thoughts in his mind. And uh, there's a huge difference between twenty. And 14 or 20 mm. and 10, yep. money wise for these guys. It just depends on, uh, it depends on really how you perceive yourself four years from now. Yep. If you think you can develop your game in the NBA to get to that second contract, great. If you don't think, if you think you've got a better chance to develop one more year in college, move up the ladder to the lottery and that will help you get to your second contract, then that looks like a decision you have to make. And they'll tell you. They'll tell you. I mean, they'll tell you, hey, you're going to be in the G League a lot because you need Mm -hmm. minutes, you need work on your offense, whatever it is. Okay? Um, And when you're down in the, we're talking about 18 to 30, 20 to 30, you're looking at a lot of time in the G League. No
1: question. No question. And I always quote you. Uh, And I've heard other people say it now, that it's obviously better to play in the NBA than to just visit the NBA. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what you mean when you talk about that second contract,
2: right? Exactly. And uh, if you you can't get off to a good start, if you can't impress people, uh, and I know they have something invested in you by picking you, I get that. But, you know, how they perceive you. And how long they perceive it's going to take for them to get you up to their speed? Okay, yeah, Um, you'd be able to find a spot on their team, and that—that's really the key. So getting off to a good start, understanding where you are, what you need to do, and then go to work is the most important thing. Now, you know, the good news for Isaiah, if he would choose, and they'd say, okay, you're going to be in eighteen to thirty. Those are all pretty good teams. Sure. Okay, they—they all—they're all teams that made the playoffs, most likely. It's crazy playoff situation, but normally they would make the playoffs uh, unless 20 is traded to the worst team in the league. You can't control that. But right. the point of this is that he's going to get a lot of work. He's not going to be called on to start or be in the rotation. He's going to get a lot of work, special work with the coaches and time in the G League, uh, unless he just explodes in training camp. Now, you know, we, we don't know that, but based on what we saw, on a small sample size, as they say. Yeah. You know, this kid is uh, is a work in progress.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they all are, it seems. Uh, you rarely see upperclassmen drafted. Uh, you know, maybe the guys coming in from Europe aren't nearly, and of course a lot of them are not, nearly the works in progress, but that's where we are right now. Mike Pratt is the color analyst for the U.K. Basketball Network. Mike, next time we chat, we'll talk football, maybe some uh, Kentucky baseball as well. How's that?
2: That sounds like a winner,
1: Gabe. Thanks, man. Have a good day. You too. All right, coming up, Justin Rowland of CatsIllustrated.com. Dick Gabriel in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report.
0: Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the big blue at TomLeachKY.com.
1: Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats as we come to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. And a reminder that this report is served up by Wild Eggs. And let us go right back to the phone lines and bring in Justin Rowland of CatsIllustrated.com. Good morning, sir.
3: Good morning, Dick. How are you doing?
1: We're well, thank you so much. Uh, and again, as I just said to Mike Pratt, this is an odd time for you as well. I know you'll keep an eye on the entire tournament but to not have a Kentucky team to cover, how weird is this?
3: Very weird, and I'm I'm trying to look for the silver lining, and <laughs> so fans can finally enjoy the tournament, just kick their legs up and and not worry about outcomes. And those of us who write about it don't have to don't have to write about it. So. Let's make the most of it and just enjoy kind of chilling out during it for, for once in our lifetimes. I've
1: got to think the silver lining as well to the goings-on this week is the news from Isaiah Jackson that he's not hiring an agent and is, is literally just dipping his toe in the water. He's not full-fledged throwing himself into the draft.
3: Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. You know, he had crept into the lottery conversation and now – you got people looking at him as a top 10 pick and why not i mean the last month of the season maybe the most improved offensive player in the country to go along with you know just spectacular stuff he does on defense and you know you got to assume he's gone but that does leave a glimmer of hope for people who are inclined to that and you know i mean if he were to come back that would change how we think about next year's team in a
1: big way no question about that and uh, absolutely his play down the stretch every time i saw him make a play or turn in a big game, I'd say to myself, that young man just made himself a little more money. Uh, Mike Pratt just got done telling us that early in the year, his guys had Jackson somewhere between 20 and 30. So you know, the fact that he's made a jump, if he jumps like that into the, the lottery, uh, man, his future is off the charts, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and, you know, sometimes we joke about, these reports for what's happening, you know, over the summer or, you know, what's happening before games are played. But there was this chatter before the season. It's not like Jackson was a top-five recruit, but you did hear people who had the, the privilege of watching the team say, watch out for this guy. Now, it yeah. took a little while, and, and, you know, Kentucky, when you get the freshman, you don't get the best version of what these players are going to be. But he certainly started to round into form, and if he keeps improving at that trajectory, you know, he, his game is going to really fit well in the NBA.
1: And there was so much talk about other recruits, particularly Terrence Clark, Brandon Boston. Are you hearing anything about their prospective future? Not necessarily from them, but from anybody in the pro game. Or have you read anything? Because, boy, you talk about stock dropping quickly.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, if somebody takes a chance on them. But it's, it's a much riskier venture than it looked like it was going to be a few months ago. I would still assume that both of those guys are going to be gone. Um, but, I, I mean, I think it's, it's very fair to say that they would both be doing themselves a favor in thinking about coming back because, you know, they, they could stand to make a lot more money if, uh, if they came back and they polished those rough edges on a more complete team that brings out the best in them.
1: And, of course, people can make the argument, well, they can polish edges in the G League – Do you have any strong feelings about why coming back to college would be better than going to the minor leagues?
3: You know, a few years ago I might not have had a huge issue with that. But, you know, there have been some great development stories at Kentucky. You know, obviously think about Quickly and P.J. Washington. Um, So, yeah, they've blazed that trail of coming back for a second year and just becoming completely different players. Now, that doesn't guarantee it's going to happen, and I can't really get too passionate about saying they shouldn't take that G League option. Um, but it just feels like if they go now, they're going to be there for a long time. They're going to be... In the G League. For in quite the G League, yeah. Yeah. I As mean,
1: opposed not, to, you're yeah. Austin,
3: you're not physically ready. No. The SEC, which is what Cal Perry said over and over again, you're nowhere close to being ready physically for the NBA. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like he, he could he could use it a positive culture experience, you know, on a college campus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I could see his stock rising a lot if he just answered some of those questions about his physicality. And an off season would do a lot for that.
1: I agree completely. And I'm sure they do weight training and things like that in the G League. But you could just see him, Boston, getting pushed around literally this year. And if he's played any pickup games with... NBA players at all. He knows how physical things can get.
3: And that could really... I'm not saying it would break him, but it can be a a demoralizing thing if you go straight to the G League and you don't dominate because you're just not even ready for that. And, you know, it could be a situation where you don't hear about him again for a really long time. And I don't think that's ever a good part of a player's um, development process. I think, you know, learning to take over the stage, to own the stage at Kentucky... And to deal with the, the publicity and the press right. and uh, success as well as adversity, I think, um, is, is a good mental thing for someone. Yeah, and I that's agree. why Kentucky is a positive,
1: and it, it should be considered by them. Stay tuned for more with Justin Rowland of CatsIllustrated.com. Dick Gabriel in for Tom on the Leach Report.
0: Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. And let us go back to our Kentucky Hemp Works hotline, where we find Justin Rowland of catsillustrated.com. Justin, I'm sure you saw the news yesterday that Oklahoma is losing a key player. CBS is losing a key player. Jim Sparnarco. Will not be around to broadcast tournament games. He tested positive. So CBS has to move some people around. I guess we're fortunate that, and U of L fans are not fortunate, uh, that no team had to drop out of the tournament. But it, it's going to be, it may be a different lead every day, right?
3: Yeah, it's totally uncharted territory. And frankly, you know, I. Two days ago, I I went to bed thinking, I wonder what the news is going to be in the morning. (laughs)
1: Because
3: you could just see it, just hitting four teams and having four replacement teams. And, you know, I, I... people need to brace themselves for the panic that's going to ensue when those reports start coming, like it seems like inevitably they will. But I think we've, we've been pretty lucky so far.
1: No, we definitely have. There's no question about that, although Kentucky fans don't want to hear about luck because, uh, you know, I don't know if you put any stock in uh, Pomeroy's luck ratings, but I guess at some point somebody had to come up with a metric that measured luck, and uh, Kentucky was one of the unluckiest, according to him, in college basketball, but, you know, good teams make their own luck, Justin. So what does Calipari have to do? This is a broad question, uh, and answer it however you like, but in your mind, what does Calipari have to do to make sure we don't see a repeat of this next year?
3: Yeah, I'm not not really concerned about the front court. I think with Oscar and, and some of the things that we've heard about him being committed and ready and a different player than he was his second year at West Virginia, they're not going to get pushed around inside the way they were against Mississippi yep. State last year. So I think the front court is going to be fixed, but he does have a big question in the back court. If Mints were to leave, that would that would really be a problem in my mind because you're banking on the transfer portal maybe a little bit more than you would like to, even though it's going to be pretty crazy. I mean, the way Mints Mints coming back, I think, is the most important realistic thing that could happen. He's six points over the Kentucky's last third of the season, 23 assists and three turnovers when he moved to point guard. Not, not the same kind of point is used to having in Kentucky, right? but he was really good, and he was probably their most consistent player all season. And, you know, we can talk about adding Justin Powell from Auburn or Pazimski, the recruit, but they need Mintz back to start to feel okay about the backcourt.
1: And what Mintz gave them at point is what the other established teams and teams that have won ncaa titles over the last five years for the most part have had and that's a veteran running the show and yeah i mean john wall was great He's said uh, calipari a lot of great young point guards but of late you know the mantra is get old and stay old and mince and gave him that
3: yeah and it, cal has himself has said you know the the, the the priority for shooting over athleticism is becoming pronounced. And yeah. if you can't knock down shots, it doesn't matter how athletic you are as an 18 year old. Nobody's going to be scared of an 18, 19 year old point guard mm-hmm. if he's not, if he's going to go ice cold for a couple of games in the tournament. And Mintz is not going to do that. And one of the most exciting things about him is he never shied away from taking the big shot. I mean, that's a guy who, like quickly, you wish you could have seen in a March Madness setting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, I just think he'd be great for the team's culture and exactly what they need in the backcourt. And then you put shooters around him along with that restored post game and I think you could have a big a big change in the team's results next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, my question is why not? Why not come back if you're if you're Davion Mintz?
3: Yeah, I mean he he's not going to be a high NBA draft pick either way. And he went to Kentucky presumably because This is a special place and a special experience for someone who loves basketball. And he didn't get any of that this year with COVID, with the losing, with everything. So what's one more year of, 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 you know, writing your name in the history books and being one of the people who came back, so many Cal players haven't, and changing the program's fortunes. I I, I think it's a very attractive thing. And I I don't want to read into his social media behavior, but it doesn't seem like he's he, he's tamping down the rumors. I, I would assume, you know, they have a pretty good chance of getting him back.
1: You know, you make a great point about social media. I mean, trying to read between the lines when all you've got is 140 characters or 280 characters or a meme or something like that. You, you know, you you and me, our jobs have changed a lot through the years, haven't, it? haven't they? Oh,
3: yeah. I mean, huh. I, I just... My rule is not to read too much into it unless it's an actual announcement because, yeah. you know, if, if anybody is putting something on social media, they want it to be read. And, you know, I just just wait until um, we hear something one way or another. But yeah, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of person to mislead people or to, to throw misdirections. So I think he's probably um, – he, he may well be making mention to people that, that his head is leaning towards coming back
1: Obviously, he wanted to come to Kentucky and make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. That's not going to happen this year, any of these players. uh, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, So that said, Justin, uh, what is your final four? You got any surprises for us?
3: Um, I went a little bit chalk, but a couple of uh, non-one seeds. I had Gonzaga and Florida State uh, in in one side and uh, on the other side, Ohio State and Illinois and I think I've got Illinois over Gonzaga in the in the title game just that that was in a tournament without Duke Kentucky Louisville I would love to see an Illinois Gonzaga title game just cuz those teams have been so spectacular especially lately and yeah. I think that would be a really high level
1: game I got back from Kentucky's baseball game in time to see the second half and the overtime of the uh, Big 10 final what an entertaining game and yeah either one of those teams Illinois or Ohio State Capable of getting to the final four and possibly winning it with a break or two.
0: I wanted to pick four. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leech Report or email leechreport at gmail.com.
1: My apologies, our uh, little digital box died. I've been doing this show from my garage now since, uh, of course, I, I guess it started March. 12th or long about scenario a year ago uh, this past week when when the world stopped basically when it came to sports and it's been fine up until this last week or so when my what it's called is a mixer uh, which connects through the internet it's a hard wire it's not wireless but it's died twice Uh, I guess it's getting tired of working out of the garage with me. So that said, let us bring in my next guest from the U.K. Football Network here on the uh, Tom Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. Let us welcome on the Kentucky Hemp Works Hotline, Mr. Jeff Picoro, champion. Good morning. Good morning,
4: Dick. How are you? We are still well, Working thank out of you. the
1: garage right here? Still working out of the garage. That's correct. <laughs> we, we hope to get back. We hope to be named essential at some point. And go back. Although it's nice to be able to walk out of the man cave and you know about 15 feet and sit down and, and work. So that said, um, you and I have talked off the off the air about spring practice. And while this is an incredibly vital off season for John Calipari, this is a pretty important spring. They're all important, Jeff, as you well know from having gone through it four times. But um, what a vital spring practice session for stoops, new quarterback, new OC, new running backs coach, new style and missing a lot of people on defense.
4: Yeah, that's uh you start with the first one first is you know you're you're putting a whole new offense in basically. And you're putting it in not with Bill Ransley at quarterback, you know, not with a guy that's been there 3 years at quarterback. You're putting it in with two guys and really three that you really don't know who's going to come out on top as the quarterback. So who, who grasps the terminology, who grasps the nuances of the offense, the quickest, I think will have the upper hand here because you know, it's just like two horses in the starting gate or three horses in the starting gate right now. It's whoever makes the break first and, and gets that on the lead is going to get most of the snaps. And, um, uh, the hardest thing, and this is one thing that we talked to Jared Lorenzen about, because when he was there, he had, what was it, four different coordinators, I think it was? Yep, something like that. In his years, and he said the toughest thing with him was, in the heat of the battle, um, the terminology. You know, I, I want this guy to run this route, this guy to run this route, and I, this guy to run this route, so that's called, you know, eighty zing zing uh, waggle. In one offense, but in this offense, you know, and your you, your mind reverts back to what it goes yeah. best. And he was like, you know, you got to try to remember, you know, what you're doing. So I, I think who can grasp it? That that's huge for them. Um, I think I think one thing that um, I, I'm looking forward to is how much rope that Stoops gives Cohen offensively. Um, you know, I, Liam is, is in there; he's going to do a, a great job. But it's how much rope is he going to get? Is he able to run what he wants to run? Is is Mark going to basically unleash him? I guess is is what I'm talking about. I think that's even more critical because I look at the best example. This is Nick Saban, who was defense, defense, defense for all those years, and finally he said, "Look, to keep up with the Clemsons and the Ohio States of the world, we have to open up the offense and we have to score." 40 points a game, no matter how good our defense is, because the offenses are just so good now. And the rules are so beneficial to the offense. And now look at them. I mean, Alabama is a a machine on both sides of the ball.
1: Stoops has repeatedly said, and I believe him, that he doesn't call plays. But it was pretty obvious, especially in, in 18, when he had a really good defense, but he also had Benny Snell. And and the TV cameras would pick him up on the sidelines, you know, and give the ball to Benny, because every time you hand the ball to Benny Snell, there's a pretty good chance you're going to move the chains and keep your defense on the sideline. But they're they're all preaching balance. He's preached balance since the day he got here. But you know, sometimes there's balance and then there's balance, right?
4: Well, yeah, and I remember you saying this, and I, I think it was on one of your shows when you talked to Eddie Grant, and you and you were saying. um, Every time you don't give the ball to Benny Snell, you're not giving the ball to Benny Snell. Right. You know, I think you know that was the gist of what you were what right. you were asking. It was you know why don't you throw more? Why don't you do this more? Well, we know that if we give it to Benny, we're probably going to get four to five yards and possibly a, a you know a twenty yard gain. So it's hard not to feed him the ball. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. I, I will. That be the case this year? I don't know because you know in your hip pocket, you've got a guy big enough, strong enough. <laughs> Burly enough and has been through the SEC battles that he can take the pounding of getting 20 to 25 carries, I would think, at Chris Rodriguez. Yep. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the ability, um, and he's got a, a couple of capable backups. I mean, they're as deep as they were, you know, maybe a little unproven, but I don't want to go all the way back to the the, the Marks and, and George Adams, but they're they're pretty darn deep at running back, you know?
1: No question about that. It it had to be tough to lay on them because you guys had four future NFL running backs. But suffice it to say, uh, they really are balanced. There's no question about that. Um, I'm going to double back to to the quarterback question as well because you talked about the attributes that they'll be looking for through spring. I'd be stunned if they named a starter, and I know you would too. But one of the vitals, as you well know, is how – the QB handles the huddle, mm-hmm. and I know games are different from practice. But Jeff, how much does that come into play in practice and in scrimmages? Well, I
4: think it's a little bit different from when uh, I don't know, fifteen years ago. Even back when I played, obviously every every you know every single snap was was in a huddle. So it's it's not really the huddle, but I think what you're referring to is how do they who who becomes the guy that is the leader that yeah. the guys say okay this guy knows what he's doing and I'm going right. to follow him right right yeah I I think that's imperative um I, I think that when I look and, and again I, I don't really know um Bo Allen that well but it looks like he's a guy that obviously in high school the guys liked him he's a very likable kid um. I think they they you know they they trust him. They they know what his abilities are. Gatewood is another guy who's had, you know, great success, although I don't know as much about him obviously not coming from the Lexington area, but you know, it's it, that's that's one of the things because you know when we, we always go back to to me to Bill Ransdell um when he got hurt in the game and um you know, he split his lip open and they and, and instead of coming out and, and, and and leaving and maybe going to the hospital they he said, just put a couple stitches in it they did that on the sidelines because you could do that back then Ugh. and you know then he came right back in the game you know and and everybody's like holy crap the guy just got his <laughs> half his face taken off and he's right back in here calling plays you know so that's a leader that's the guy you run through a, a brick wall through yeah. for yeah and um yeah I think that's going to be very imperative is who who do the guys fall behind and it's not so much as I like this guy better it 's who takes control of the offense it's not yeah. it's not a it 's not, not a you know beauty pageant. it 's who is is in control of this offense and who do I think when I get in there if he calls that play that he knows you know where he 's going and what he 's doing with the football that is that is huge
1: we 'll never know how it might have been with drew Barker because he suffered yeah. so many injuries so early in his career. But the guy who stepped in for him, Stephen Johnson, what you just described, you could put on his resume, right?
4: Exactly. I mean, I don't I, – to this day, and if we talked to Rich Brooks, I think he would tell you. To this day, I don't think the fans uh, of the Wildcats know the the pounding that that young man took. And, and, and Mark Stoops will tell you, the guy, he just – he got – he got annihilated in there and he was hurt and played through it. I mean, his shoulder, his knee, um, that Texas A&M game was was basically all grit and guile, you know? So I think that showed those guys a lot. And and, and again, and also because of the rules that they have in place with HIPAA and stuff, we're not allowed and they're not allowed to talk about things, but that's why in there were some, certain situations, you're looking at the offense going, why don't you do this? Well, he <laughs> can't do that. You know? <laughs> so that's why sometimes fans don't really know the whole story as to why you're running certain plays in certain situations.
1: Exactly right. I go back to when Shane Boyd played and uh, yeah. had that great game against Indiana, but in that game he hurt his shoulder and so in order to protect him, they had to say, look, you just can't run the ball anymore. And as you know, that was such a huge part of his game. He was a threat to run as well, and he had a great arm, but he had to turn into a drop-back passer. It changed the offense, and they struggled that year. i got less than a minute. Next time you're on, uh, we'll talk more about the defense, but losing Quentin Bohanna uh, and a lot of other guys, but losing Q in the middle, uh, that's going to hurt, isn't it, no matter who steps in?
4: It is. I just think that uh, you've got one of the highest uh, freshmen you ever brought in and Rogers. It's time for him to step up and play like the five-star that they say he was coming in from high school.
1: Couldn't agree more with you, and we'll get a chance to check that out at some point, I hope, as media people here in the spring. Jeff Picoro is the color analyst for the U.K. Football Network. Thank you, sir, and I know we will chat Good again there. soon about spring football. See you this weekend. Have a good weekend. That's true. Jeff will be uh, around the baseball park as well. We'll be back with more. Dick Gabriel sitting in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs.
0: This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY.
1: As we wrap up this edition of the Leach Report, my thanks to our guests, Mike Pratt, Justin Rowland, and Jeff Picoro. and as we had mentioned earlier, it's going to be a big weekend for several sports. As we said, the Kentucky volleyball team has a huge match coming up with Florida. It's tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and they are playing in (coughs) two-match series, basically. They'll play uh, one match on one day, one the next, and... If Kentucky wins the first one, then it's in great shape with regard to the uh, another SEC title. If Florida wins, Kentucky's going to need a little bit of luck. Uh, and if Florida sweeps, Kentucky will need some luck to win uh, outright an SEC championship. So the answer is just win. Uh, the men, the baseball team, opens up a three-game series Friday night. With Missouri, first pitch at 6.30. You'll hear it right here on most of these same radio stations. You can see it on SEC+. And, of course, the U.K. Women Open NCAA Tournament Play Sunday, 2 p.m., Idaho State. For Shannon the Dude, I'm Dick Gabriel. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport@gmail.com. at gmail.com. See you next time.